podcast is for the boss bitches, rich bitches, broke bitches, bitch ass niggas. Welcome to the Bitch Code Podcast with Ashley and Company. We are powered by Our Radio. It's everybody's favorite author here, Ashley Antoinette. And I am here at the round table with my chicas at Bitch Code KC. What up, though? At Bitch Code VEE. Hey, everybody. And we are here for a special edition of Bitch Code. Today, we are going to shoot from the hip. Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to be a little bit less structured. We have, um, you know, we invite the listeners to email us uh, and ask us questions about their relationship, about sex, about their goals, whatever. Whatever questions you have for the roundtable, we um, have an open invite policy where we fill the questions and we answer one each episode. Well, the inbox is popping, and I feel like we don't get the chance to answer enough questions. So today's episode will be all unwanted advice from us. Hey. All bad advice from <laughs> us. So we're going to put these shots up. We do this every episode. You must take a shot to sit at the round table. So cheers, ladies. Cheers. Clink. Mm. Amazing. Uh, I feel like my liver is going to be bad just from podcasting. Fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So let's put this disclaimer out there, okay? This is just advice. You asked. So don't be trying to hit us with no lawsuits if the shit don't work (laughs) (laughs) after we answer your questions. We're going to do a full hour. Um, You're going to get to hear everybody's perspective, and it should be interesting because these questions are super juicy. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. All right. Get it popping. Question number one. I'm going to leave the names out of the emails just to protect, you know, the the listeners. <laughs> but we're going to start with the first question. Dear Bitch Code, I've been happily involved with my fiance for two years now. I know going into a marriage is totally different than being in a relationship. I am having the hardest time submitting to my fiance. I keep hearing these crazy stories about how a woman should submit to a man, but there, but is there a way for me to give him that control without me feeling some type of way? We've never lived together, split any bills, anything, nor made joint decisions. So this is a real life battle for me. Help us sister out. I feel like we covered this last episode, but we can get a little bit more in-depth now that we're doing a whole hour. Yeah. Um, what y'all think? I'll go last. I mean, just to piggyback off of that, though, like, he has to make you feel secure in giving up that that control, though. Because I've been in situations where it was like, nigga, I'm not submitting you. Fuck what you saying to me. Mm-hmm. And then I, the person that I'm with now, I'm just like... What'd you say, daddy? Like, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so it, it really depends on the person. But being an independent woman, I get that struggle because I, I've had it before. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is kind of, especially when you're used to doing every single thing on your own. Mm-hmm. That shit is hard to take to bring someone in to lead and take over. I, I agree. I actually agree with uh, Chloe what? a lot. I think I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's I think it's uh, a, a double loaded question. If if you have to be a man that a woman wants to submit to, and then as a woman, you can find a way to submit without submitting. You know what I mean? Just because we say the word submissive doesn't mean you have to bow down. You can let your man lead and still 
do your thing and still have your opinions heard and still get things your way. You, It's all about how you go about it. You can put an idea in someone's head and make it appear as if they had that idea. So sometimes as women, we have to be savvy. But in general, I think you should let your man lead. I think you should um, be submissive, but I think you also should remain independent and, and have your own thing and, you know. I agree. I think that the art to being a woman is submitting while leading. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's like, I, I think that once you are comfortable with your womanhood and you realize that women shape the thoughts in the way that your man handles you, you are able to sit back and allow your man to lead the relationship. Um, because as women, we kind of raise our men. You know, we, we teach them what we like in relationships. We we tell them what's acceptable to us and what's unacceptable to us. And after an, a relationship has been established for a long time, you no longer have to give them those cues on how to handle certain situations in the world that the two of you have built together. So they begin to lead in a way that's acceptable to you mm-hmm. anyway because you're learning how to love one another through the entire process of the relationship. Let me pose a follow-up question to something you just said. You said as women, we teach our men how to love us. Do you feel like there's a lack of teaching going on? Because you hear a lot of women complain about their men not treating them right. I think men learn how to love initially from their mothers. Okay. And I think that especially... um, with some of the men that were born in the 80s, there were a la- there was a lack of parenting on both a from a mother's perspective and a father's perspective. Mm-hmm. So now women in this generation are dealing with a lot of men who never received love. So you have a lot of obstacles to get over in the beginning of a relationship. So once you have established a routine with your man and you've taught him what's acceptable, um, things that you are and are will deal breakers that you won't put up with and you've kind of fallen into a routine of a relationship that's uniquely yours, I think you do teach. I think you Mm -hmm. teach without even knowing that you're teaching. And sometimes if you put up with too much, that's when you're not doing the teaching. Sometimes Mm -hmm. a man has to lose in order to gain that life experience that helps him handle the next woman the right way. Mm -hmm. You might be teaching a nigga something that he going to take into his next relationship. He might not always apply it to you. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think that we teach um, our men how to love us by what we put up with and by the ways that we react to certain things that they do. So I don't think there's anything wrong with submitting. Um, I think men need to definitely realize how big of a responsibility they are taking on when they ask women to submit. Correct. Because I will submit to you. If you are my man, I will submit. Correction. Husband. If you are my husband, (laughs) I will submit. That's the thing. Men that have not committed to a lifelong partnership with somebody can't ask anybody to submit. What I'm submitting to. You know what I mean? You might not even be here in a year or two. Mm -hmm. Like, if you have made that commitment to me um, and you're honoring me, I have no problem with with submitting to you. Because I feel like that's a woman's role. You're supposed to be the support to the foundation. You are. You are. Yeah. So, submit to your man, girl. Yeah. <laughs> submit to your man. That doesn't make you... And teach. And teach. And teach. Yeah. That doesn't make you weak because you're submitting. It actually makes you stronger, I feel like. Mm-hmm. If you're able to submit to someone, um, that's your strength. That shows that you don't always have to be the one... In the driver's seat, trusting somebody is one of the strongest things that you can do. It is. 
<laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move on. Hopefully that advice helped you. Uh, question number two. Mm-hmm. Dear Bitch Cole, my boyfriend and I have been together for over a year now. We met on social media. Yep, I slid in his DM. <laughs> I like this one. Right. I'm sure I wasn't the only one in his DMs. He's handsome and has a nice amount of followers, most of them bitches. Tons of heart emojis are under his comments, and I hate them. <laughs> I think Once- Chloe's feeling a certain type of way about that statement right there, but continue on. <laughs> Once we made it official, he put an end to all of the thirst buckets in his DM and comments under his post. But recently, I've noticed his page looking... Single, no pics of us together in months, and the inappropriate comments are back, and the DMs are numerous. He's not completely entertaining the DMs, but he's not shutting them down either. Should I be concerned? When we are together, he acts normal, but the change in his social media has me questioning our relationship status. What should I do? You can go first. (laughs) (laughs) I think that when it comes to social media and relationships, it's hard because on one hand... They can really only control so much. Mm-hmm. They can only control it after it's already there. So especially if you're if you're a man has a public page, mm-hmm. which means anybody can slide over there and look and see what's happening. So they can only control what happens after it's already happened. So you got all these girls putting heart emojis and you know, little hard eyes and all of the little kissy faces under there. He can only control it after it's already happened. Um, and I think the fact that he's not controlling it anymore kind of sends up a red flag to me a little bit. Now, it it may not be a red flag that's worth breaking up over or worth blowing up over, but I do think that it's a conversation because I'm an advocate for closing the door. If you are leaving doors open for women to slide in your DMs and you're not necessarily entertaining it by pursuing it, but you're not shutting it down, oh, the door's cracked. Okay, pause. Because in a previous episode, Mm -hmm. I remember you saying, this was a big debate, actually. Mm -hmm. Our Bitch Code listeners love this debate between us. You said that if you saw an ex out, you would speak. But I think speaking and saying hello Uh is different from sliding in my DM, trying to take me out. See, I feel like when you speak, we going right back to this. <laughs> I feel like when you speak to an ex, that gives them invitation to come put her eyes under your pictures when mm-hmm. you post something online. Or for them to even gain interest again, saying, oh, let me find him or her online. Mm-hmm. And when they see something they like, they're going to react to it because you reacted to them when you were out and about. See, I, don't, I, I disagree with that, mainly because... I've, I've spoken to my exes if I see them out. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Okay, keep it moving. And I don't have hard eyes and kissy faces under my pictures. That's because men and women are completely fucking different. Women do that heart smiley face shit. And guess mm-hmm. I'm angry because some of these bitches <laughs> do it under my nigga's page. <laughs> One bitch I had to check and he just deleted the whole post. Smart man. But I feel like men aren't as thirsty as women nowadays. So what? You, no, no, I agree. No, no, I agree no, with no. Really? Women are manless and they're fucking disgusting. Like, it's a whole new breed of women out here. It like, is. it's crazy. It's fucked to me. It but is. I think it's kind of different, V. Like, I don't think... So that's probably why you, you didn't get the the, um, the DM slide and you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's a nigga. See, my, my issue is not with bitches posting heart eyes under your page. Like... 
If you got a public page, bitches might do that. I might question why they're so comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. My main issue would be, why am I not posted on your page no more? Why are all my pictures now gone? And she said, oh, wait, she so he been, deleted? She, yeah. No, no, she didn't, he didn't, she didn't say deleted. She said his page looks very single. I haven't been posted on his page in months. Which whereas means I was that before. we broke up. You see what I'm saying? It seems like you're trying but to why? paint a single picture. How does that mean that, like... How does that mean that they broke up? I feel like if you are dating someone and you are happy and this person is a part of your daily life, they should be, not should be, but you would want to share that part of your life on social media. Social Uh. media is the sharing of your existence. And if you have a person in your existence that you're purposefully not sharing, that throws up red flags for me. Especially if you shared before. Now, all of a sudden, your picture is not deleted, but they... 232 weeks ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? When we still together, why my pitch 232 weeks ago? Yeah. I would yeah. be a you little looking bit real single that. right now. Or say if like, okay, say if you and your mate take a trip together and he posting pictures from the trip, but you ain't in none of the pictures from the trip. I, I would feel... <laughs> Like, if this is our reality and we're living it daily, what are you hiding? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not that private because you want people to know you on vacation, you watching the sunset, but mm-hmm. you just don't want them to know this one aspect of your reality. Right. That I have a problem with that. And I also did not like when she said that he he kind of, with the DMs, he's not, like, being thirsty back. But he's still sending out responses like, nigga, you shouldn't be saying shit back. Yeah. Point, like, period. End of story. Agreed. So I would check that shit. But that's just Chloe because she's a little bit more ratchet. Yeah, I would check it too. I would definitely um, let my mate know that I have a problem with the way yeah. he uses his social media. Yeah. And if he don't change the way he uses his social media, he might not have a bitch to even consider. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that, that wouldn't break break us up, though. But that would cause some, some issues. It would break sure. me up. Being fr- I don't play that friendly shit at all. So even if you're not shutting them down, if you're responding to a thirst bucket in a DM, that's too friendly for me. She shouldn't even be getting a response from you. I mean, I have to agree with the no response. Part. Yeah. <laughs> that would definitely break up my relationship. Like, why are you responding to all these thirsty-ass bitches in your DMs? So does it matter the type of, like, okay, so you don't want any response at all, or do would you rather have a response that says, bitch, beat it? Is that okay? Is that okay? Or just no response? Radio silence. Okay. Radio silence. I like bitch beat it. I like bitch beat it too. I like bitch beat it too. That's my thing. If I I scroll through my man DM and it's a thirst bucket in there and he be like, bitch, beat it. I mean, I wouldn't get mad at that. I wouldn't get mad at that response. But I would still prefer you to just not respond at all. Like, you don't even see this bitch. She's irrelevant to you. That way, because when somebody don't respond to you, you just be like, Saudi, you right. know what I mean? Like, damn, I know he saw it because I think don't it say seen? Yes, it do say <laughs> yeah. But I still feel saltier if a nigga told me, bitch, beat it. Like, true, what the fuck true, you mean, bitch, beat true. It? I'm just crazy. Like, you know what no it is. is. You no know what it is. Bitch, beat it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're a little crazy. A little bit. A little bit. That was juicy. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to question number three. Dear Bitch Cole, my boyfriend just got locked up for drug possession. We have been together for three years, and he got sentenced to four years. Should I wait? No. <laughs> you are, you are a tough out, cookie. No. <laughs> because my thing is, that is your first off, that is your boyfriend, first off. That's not like that's your husband, you know, mm-hmm. like. So he can come out that bitch and not fuck with you. And you done held him down, and he come out, and he might not fuck with you. 
That you a no, tough cookie. No, yeah, you are a tough. Cookie. I said, no, okay, ten years ain't even long enough. Like this you is could have said ten years. All right, bitch, because that's got a lot. Like all right, <laughs> but three years. This is how I feel about it. I think it depends on how he treated you during the three years that you were mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. If he was a good man to you and he took care of you, you didn't have no insecurities. It wasn't no other bitches, no cheating. Like if he was really down for you and rolled for you and treated you like. A queen. I probably would would help him out during those four years. And then how would you feel if he go in that bitch as your man and come out as your man, somebody else's man, and the nigga in their man? I mean, but you have to go off the character of the way that he treated you when he was on the outside. Mm -hmm. Like, you had, you got to judge people by what they've done to you so far. You can't say what ifs. Like, damn, what if he don't, Mm -hmm. if he come out and he ain't fucking with me or, you know what I mean? Like, I would always go off of how he treated me beforehand. Now, if he was dogging me out, I probably wouldn't wait. So let me ask you this. Okay, so you said if he treats you well, you will hold him down. Okay, cool. I actually agree with that. No <laughs> I actually agree with that. But now, what's the difference? Is there a difference between holding him down as far as letters, money on his books, pictures, accepting his phone calls? Would you be okay with fucking with another nigga? Because you got needs, baby girl. I wouldn't. Now, this is the thing, though. Am I knowledgeable about the criminal shit that you was doing before you went in? And did I benefit from it? Mm-hmm. If I did, then I should wait okay. and not fuck with okay. another nigga. That, you see what that, I'm saying? Yeah, because I was benefiting off you out here hustling and selling dope or whatever the fuck yeah. it was you was doing okay. that got you locked up. If it was something that you were hiding from me and I didn't know that you were involved in this lifestyle... I would not be wrong for telling you I'll be here for you as a friend and I'll hold you down, put money on your books. I might even come visit you, but I don't want to hold up my life for four years because you put me in a situation that I didn't even know I was involved in. Okay. That's how I feel about it. Okay, that. well, with that response, motherfucker, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do we all just agree a little bit? Yeah, yeah. A little bit? Because, see, I have a problem with I just state how I feel, and, and yeah, that's just that's just that. But how she just went into depth, like, well, if you was benefiting from it, da, 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 it's like, okay, then yeah, because I would be a, a bold bitch. If I just, <laughs> like, all right, then you're in. Right. Fuck you. Thanks for these Chanel bags. Right. <laughs> like, that's right. a little bold. So, yeah. And then I, th- I just want to receive the loyalty that yeah. I give out. Like, I, I really believe in karma. Karma is so real. Mm-hmm. And if you leave a nigga stanking like that, the next mm-hmm. nigga will dog you out so mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to count your blessings. He might be going through this four-year bid and had his four-year downtime, but when he come out, he might be flying high. And if you hold him down, he going to take you with him for the ride. Oh, man, guys. I was in this situation a little bit. With a- <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Ew, this we ain't never heard this. jailbird. <laughs> So, but see, he wasn't my boyfriend. Okay. But I was kicking it with him. Okay. Um, I I was benefiting from the hustle. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he bought me a thousand dollar dog, and we were only kicking it for like two weeks. Oh. Uh, paying phone bills, buying shoes, he buying whatever I wanted, and he went to jail after two weeks. No, he went to jail probably after a couple of months. Okay. Um, nah, he could have beat it. He would have had to beat it. But you know what? <laughs> when he called, not when time. he called, I still accepted phone calls. I wrote him. Um, I think his sister needed some stuff. Um, she needed money for something. It was only like forty dollars. I mm-hmm. gave it to her. And but at the same time, because of where I was, I had just graduated with my bachelor's at the time. I was, you know, doing me. We hadn't put enough in enough time for me to. 
completely hold you down you throughout that entire thing. So when it first happened, I did what I had to do. I, like I said, I wrote, I accepted the phone calls, I looked out for a sister, and I was cool with doing that because that was just a, a portion of what he had giving given financially to me while we were kicking it. It sounded but like But I couldn't guilt. do the entire time. It wasn't guilt because he, he cool as shit. I know, but you only knew him for two months. So if I only know you for two months and then you go to jail, I don't owe you shit. Like, we don't even fine, know each nigga. other at that point. In, in a two-month span, I don't really know you like that. You don't really know me like that. You could have been spoiling me to death. But we're still... That's, that's like predating. You might not even know my middle name after two months. I wonder if you know my middle name. It's probably, probably not. not. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't owe that nigga nothing. <laughs> I did. I'm just too nice. You, you are. Because I would have I been like, bitch, beat it when his sister <laughs> called me on the phone. Like, no, absolutely not. Here, you can take this dog. Let's <laughs> go sell it. Go resell this dog. <laughs> That's terrible. No, B, we, we got to get your nice ass together. Yes, this is called the bitch code. You got to be more bitchy. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. On to the next question. I kind of like this episode. I do too. This is fun. All right. The ultimatum I have been in. Okay. The ultimatum. She titled it the ultimatum. Okay. I have been in a committed relationship with my girlfriend for a few months now. And I really like her. Like borderline love her. I have always been cool with my ex. We share a deep and detailed past. Recently, my ex told me she wants me back. It's either me or her, she said. I don't want my ex out of my life. She means a lot to me. If I don't choose her, I lose her for good. She won't even be my friend. My ex is a good girl. She's done nothing wrong and doesn't deserve to be put in this mess. She doesn't know about the ultimatum. What do I do? Wait, wait. The current Who do girlfriend, I choose? The current girlfriend doesn't know about the ultimatum. Okay. The, the, okay. So the ex gave the ultimatum. This is a little bit confusing. Fuck, so, fuck the ex, though, because the ex is an, an ex for a reason, though, right? True. So... Why is she even... Why even backpedal? Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. And wait a minute. Is this... This sound... I think this is a lesbian relationship because the person who emailed is a woman. And she keeps saying she. So this mm. is... This has got a lot of estrogen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, it's estrogen filled. Yeah. Girl, fuck that ex. I'm sorry. Like, I agree. I, really? How long have you been in the relationship with the, you, the, wait, the new girl, though? What do you mean, really, V? I'm not saying... Here's what I'm saying. I look at this situation. Chloe, don't look at me like that. <laughs> I look at this no, no, no. girl ass. I look at this because I look at it from an emotional standpoint. I look at it two ways. You have this deep past with your ex, and it's clear that you still, from the sound of this letter, she still loves her ex. Mm -hmm. But you got the new girl who you also love. So if you love these two women and you don't want to lose your ex at all, then there comes a point where you do need to make a choice. Now, whatever caused your ex to, you and your ex to break up, it, it didn't completely kill all the love you have for her. So I'm strictly speaking of, I feel different in terms of my own personal choices, but if I'm strictly giving my opinion on what she wrote, if you love your ex that much and the thought of her walking out of your life forever kills you, then you've already made your decision. I think that it depends. There's a lot of information that we don't know in this scenario. For one, how long have you been in your new relationship? Mm -hmm. If it's a new relationship that where the feelings are deeper with your ex, of course you're going to choose your ex. Mm -hmm. If it's a relationship where the feelings are maybe 
kind of hefty in the new relationship, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of resentment and hurt in the old relationship. It depends on how the old relationship ended. Was there cheating? Was there de- deceit? You know what I mean? What are the factors? I don't even know enough to answer this. I say, I don't know. This see, is a tough I, one. See, I think about the love aspect. I take all the other factors that we don't know. But we know. don't know how much she loves the new girl. True. You see what I'm saying? But we know how much she loves the ex. She said that she doesn't want the ex to leave her to walk out of her life. Sometimes and if she doesn't you got to leave the past in the You past. do. Yeah. You do. But what is it that she wants? I just feel like if there's somebody that is going to walk out of your life that you can't see your life without, then regardless if you stay with the new girl, that's not where your heart is. Is what it? What you think, Chloe? Chloe? But my thing is, don't you is it Chloe me, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> but my thing is, for me, the fear of, okay, we broke up this time, mm-hmm. and um, I'm about to take this big-ass leap and fuck back with you. Are we going to break up another time? Like, I just, I, this... I can't take that gamble with my heart because I'm crazy as fuck. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I, I can't take all those strikes. And this is the thing, too. Sometimes when an ex sees you happy with somebody else, yes. they will come back just to ruin your new happiness. They mm-hmm. might not necessarily yes. even want to treat you well or be a changed person to treat you better in the future. They just don't want you to move on. Some people will keep you rooted. That's why when things go wrong, especially if they were designed Disastrous. Say if they mm-hmm. had a disastrous breakup. I say just leave that in the past and mm-hmm. move on towards your happiness. Because backpedaling and now you breaking this person's heart, it's just a cycle. Like, it it's is. a cycle that doesn't end. So move on and be happy with what you got. Be grateful for what you got and remember why you left. I yeah. just feel like, can she move on if she's in the past? Because she's clearly stuck in the past. Yeah, but when way. you love somebody, I feel like you always love a part of them. I don't mm-hmm. think love ever goes away. When you love, really love somebody, I oh. think you give away a piece of yourself. Oh, yeah. And I don't think that you ever get that full piece back. Oh. That's why you have to be careful who you give your heart to. Because you will spread yourself thin. And when you love somebody, you adapt their ways. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you adapt to who they like, and you become a different person in each relationship. So if you hopping from nigga to nigga to nigga, or in this case, from bitch to bitch to bitch, and <laughs> <laughs> and you giving out all these pieces of yourself and all of these different lovers are influencing who you are and leaving pieces of themselves in you, you become a woman who don't know what she wants. Who you don't, don't even know who you are. Who you are, mm-hmm. exactly, because you've spread yourself too thin. So I, my advice to this person would be, you need to take a break from love, period, and get to know you, who you are now, and what you want in a relationship. Agreed. 1,000%. Because this bitch is confused. <laughs> <laughs> Her question was confusing. All right. <laughs> Next question. Dear Bitch Cole, I keep getting UTIs and bacterial infections. My OBGYN says it could be from having multiple partners. The problem is, I'm faithful. Does this mean that my man is cheating, and should I confront him? Um, no, your gynecologist is not that bright, because those come from different things. Um, it could be your fucking, the soap you're using. The detergent you're washing your clothes in. Yeah, exactly, and that's why... Just throwing a pain liner, girl. But it comes from <laughs> different things. It comes from things that you're putting in your own body. So I would sort out like another, I don't know, a second opinion about that. But I don't think it's enough. That's not to check your man about cheating. But see, this is the thing. It can also come from transmitting different 
vaginal fluids from partner to partner. Yeah. So I would, if mm-hmm. if I was getting that piece of advice from my OBGYN, I wouldn't confront. Hell no. But I would ask. I think it's worth the conversation yeah. as well. Yeah. Definitely worth it. Because if you continuously getting them, because there's so many different factors that, this is TMI, but I'm sensitive. So I've had these <laughs> issues before and she told me what to cut out. Like, she literally told me what to cut out. And once I cut that out, I was straight. Right. But what if this is a person, she says she's repeatedly getting them. You didn't repeatedly give them. You adjusted your routine and your soaps and your fragrances and stuff and they stopped. That means all of these other factors are no longer there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is your mate. Because it sounds like to me her OBGYN said that to her after saying, well, what feminine products are you using? Well, what kind of soap yeah. are you using? Well, what kind of detergent are you using? Because she's treated it several times. times. So it this? seems like she said this like, girl. Bitch, your man cheated. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what her OBGYN was no, trying to say. Because what if he could be spraying some shit down there on his shit or the soap that he's using? You know what I'm saying? But that's like, still a conversation you have to have with him. But I wouldn't accuse a nigga of cheating. Like, you okay. don't have to accuse. That's why I said I wouldn't confront Mm-hmm. But I would I would start a, a dialogue like, OK, I'm baby, I'm going to the doctor a little bit too often. I'm having some irritation down there. Um, my OBGYN expressed that you can catch this in this way. I just want to make sure that we on the same page and we both are in a monogamous relationship. That's still indirectly accusing a motherfucker cheating. Hey, but he gonna still side eye your ass. But like, I'm not taking my I'm not putting my pussy at risk to save your feelings. <laughs> if my doctor tell me this, I'm asking your ass. Well, just right. experiment. Like, just don't fuck him. I don't know how you gonna do that, girl. <laughs> don't fuck him. Clean up the products that you're using. Just, just I don't know. Just do your own little investigation before approaching him. Cause ain't no man gonna take that in stride. Like, I, I, hmm. I, I still think it's worth it. I'm trying. I'm trying to be here with you, Chloe. I am. But I, I still think that there, there's a conversation that needs to be. If you're my man and I'm giving you the most intimate part of me, and every time I do that. I end up in a damn doctor's office. That's an issue. Now, yeah. it may not be specifically from you because like you said, and you're correct, you can get it from tons of things. But if I'm trying to correct all these things and the one thing I'm not correcting is your ass, <laughs> we need to talk about this. Yeah. And even if I don't present it to you in an accusatory manner, I still need to be like, babe, you know, I got this going on because... When you're curing yourself of uh, BV and UTIs, you shouldn't be having sex anyway. True. So now you need to have a conversation. Is I'm on antibiotics. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't do this right mm-hmm. now. And so that's your segue into that conversation. You know what I mean? That's your segue into the conversation. Like, so. So that's a way to... Nah, fuck either. True. But That's listener, you need to have a conversation with your man. And if you're in a relationship with somebody, you should be able to pose those types of questions without, especially when it comes to your health. As women, we have to take control of our health. Like, we can't leave that into the hands of our men. That's not their responsibility. So if something ain't right down there, I'm asking. I'm asking without apology. I'm not, I might not accuse you. I might, I might not be a bitch about it because I don't want it to be like a blow-up if you're not doing anything. But if you're not doing anything, it wouldn't be a blow-up. I feel I like mean, men only blow up when they're guilty. I mean, if I walk in with herpes, yes, I'm, I'm going to fucking check your ass. <laughs> but this shit that could have came from multiple different things, so I don't know. 
I, mm, I, I just think I'm open. I'm not with you on this one, sister. Open dialogue. Yeah, I agree with that. Open we had a crossroads at the bitch well, club. I don't, I don't know how to finesse a nigga, so I, I get straight to the point. So <laughs> that's why I just shouldn't. You, I have to have my facts behind me. Like I can't. Your just, facts is your doctor asking you. No, if you it comes from different things. Right. No, but it comes from different things. So I, I don't. Mm, whatever. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. Dear Bitch Co., I am self-conscious when it comes to sex. I do not like my man to see me with the lights on, and it affects our sex life. What can I do to gain more confidence in the bedroom? Find you a man that appreciates you. Because it I, didn't say that he didn't. No, I'm saying, but a man can make you feel comfortable because I, I've had experiences where I was self-confident. Self-conscious. self-conscious. <laughs> One too many shots. Self-conscious of my, my body, but then I realized who I was fucking with. And then I had an experience where someone worshipped every single, whether it was a stretch mark or a dimple, whatever it was, like he worshipped that shit. Mm-hmm. So we got shit popping. Mm-hmm. So it 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 kind of comes from that other person too and how comfortable you are with that person. See, I don't feel like your self-confidence should depend on how another person sees you. I feel like she's self-conscious about her body. So maybe she should do something about it. Most times as women, we like to point out the problem and then I work on it. Every woman has insecurities. Mm-hmm. Like I know when I'm getting a little bit too thick and I'll be like, okay, it's time for me to hit the gym and tighten some stuff up. Mm-hmm. But I am real enough with myself to say, all right, I've been slipping. Let me go ahead and get some parts of my my body together so I can feel good. Not because my man don't like it because he like me at whatever size I am, but be so that I can feel good with the lights on so that I can put on a swimsuit and be confident on the beach or so that I can put on this shirt and, and or this dress and feel sexy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to be proactive, not in just the way that we look, but in our health. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. But I, I had a similar experience to you, Chloe, after I had kids, after I had my son, Snapback was real. Mm-hmm. I was in there. No stretch marks, no nothing. Oh, you lucky. Right. <laughs> but listen, it gets better. After I had Peyton, not the case. Mm-hmm. Told me all the way up. And I was self-conscious about that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I've lost the majority or all of the weight, but I still have these tiger stripes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, he on my husband don't like that. And then he told me one day, I love your war wounds. I was just going to say, I they think they're gave war wounds. You, they yeah. gave you, know, they gave me the two most amazing yep. little people on this whole entire earth. And I love you for that. I could never look at these and be like, ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it took him saying that for me to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because as a woman, yeah. you just always remember what you used to look like. Yeah. What you used to be. You and know what I mean? And there's pressures in society to just look a certain way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I so- ain't wearing no bikinis and no crop tops right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Why see- were crop tops popping when I had a flat stomach? You know? Right. But see, with the pressures of, you know, what other women put out there, like, I was there before, but I was, like, early 20s when I was for real, because I was a young mom. So, I was looking at bitches and their bodies and their baddies. I'm like, damn. But then, as a grown, like, the more I matured as a woman, I looked like bitches getting plastic surgeries, and, like, they're getting things to make themselves look a certain way. So, how realistic is it for me? It's not. Exactly. So, I guess it's 50% of if you have a maid, you know how he makes you feel and then the other half is just you saying like fuck it this this is me this is who i am this is my skin whatever because i have the stretch marks too and i was young be like i had my daughter at 20 so just imagine 20 years old like ain't no bikini bitch see i think (laughs) i think it's it's unfair though for you to place 
your self-confidence in the hands of a man because they can fumble that easily. They might not know how to... That, to me, comes from the inside. Like, whether you got stretch marks, whether you got rolls, whether you look chunky, some women think that they're too skinny. You see what I'm saying? Just as women, we are so hard on ourselves about our appearances, and mm-hmm. we just have to stop that. We have to get out of our heads. Because nine times out of ten, the niggas that we fucking with don't care, for mm-hmm. one. They Your don't. man does not care because they are with you. And then for two, they're not seeking perfection. Mm-hmm. Like, perfection perfection does not exist, so why are we constantly chasing it? And I'm guilty mm-hmm. of it, too. Like, I'm the the most critical of myself. I'll yeah. be like, okay, I'm about to start myself real quick. I got to go on a book tour. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you always want to look your best, but sometimes you just have to do your best and be okay with the result of that. So, homegirl, take how- off them clothes. Turn on them lights. Turn on them lights. Let him grab that ass. Yes, <laughs> let him love on you and you start to love yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it does. It sounds like a lack is. of self-love. Like, how old? I, I really wonder how old she is. Maybe young. Because these are issues. I feel like at 30, I know and love and appreciate exactly who I am Me as too. a woman. Yeah. But at 20, not so much. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I was getting little waist shapers and all that other <laughs> fuck shit that sucked in my belly. <laughs> now I'm just like, shit, it might come over the, the little bill loop a little. Well, not over the bill loop because that's too. <laughs> that's too juicy. But, mm, but where do you, 30, where do we learn that from? Like, where do we learn self-love from? Mm, I boggled y'all. That's a hard <laughs> one. Yeah, that's a hard <laughs> one. But see, and this is what I noticed that I do with, with my baby. I tell her every day she's pretty, the most prettiest girl in the world. You know, my baby is teenage. She's a little thicker. Mm-hmm. So I don't make her feel self-conscious about her weight. Mm-hmm. Like, she wear what the fuck she want to wear. And that's that's just what it is. So maybe it comes from... Our, you know, just yeah. our parents. See, I don't think so, though, because I got all of that encouragement and all that when I was younger, too. And then mm-hmm. when I got to a certain age, none of what what my parents thought about me mattered. You know, you get to a certain okay. age mm-hmm. and you start to care about what other people mm-hmm. think about you and what they say about you. And sometimes their opinions can shape who you become as a young woman. Mm-hmm. Then you have to get all get over all of that crap that other people have put in your head to get to the 30s where you know who exactly who you are and who you want to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where this... I think it comes from experience, maybe. See, I think it starts mm. early. I'm with you, Chloe. I think it starts early. I'm tall, right? Mm-hmm. People, tall bitch cold ca- <laughs> listeners. I'm tall. I'm 5'11". So it's tall for a woman. That is. And I wear heels all the time. You do. When I'm out and I got my heels on, I'm easily 6'2". Yeah. Mm-hmm. Easily 6'2". Maybe fine, even 6'3", depending on what type of heels I have on. My entire family's tall. My grandmother was tall. She was six one. My mom is probably six six foot six one. My brothers are six three, six four. So I come from a tall family, but it was not cool to be a tall kid. I, I was see that. taller than all of the boys. I see that. My pants never came all the way down. They yeah. still don't come all the way down. But now I just roll them boys up and rock them like Fuck that. It. I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I was a I was a tall kid, tallest person in my class. I always dated shorter. Boys, but because I had a solid family foundation that were all tall and mm-hmm. that looked at me like it's okay to be tall. We're all tall. I never got self self conscious about it. I remember working in a school and seeing a tall girl with a little hump in her back. Mm-hmm. She's trying to shorten herself, <laughs> so she's not standing up straight. She's arching her back mm-hmm. because she doesn't want to be tall. Because none of the boys are taller than her. You know, her friends are shorter than her. And I think that it comes from 
I think it starts at home. It develops more and more as we get older, but I think that starts at home. I see. I don't. I really don't. Be. I just think that it's a it's a certain age that you get to where just what your peers say are is so important. Mm-hmm. Like I want to say maybe like that twelve to third that awkward stage okay. that we go through. I don't know if guys go through it. I would that would be interesting to have the discussion with like a man, a grown man, but. Teenage girls grow through this stage where they just seek approval from their peers. You know, you want, like, when I was younger, I had really curly hair. I didn't have black girl hair. I had, like, curls. Now that's popping. But back then, I wanted a perm so bad because I wanted to be like my friends. I wanted my hair to look the same as everybody else around me. Mm. And it was like, even though I had what is considered good hair, which I don't believe in that anymore. But back then, that's all I knew, good hair. And then I saw my friends with their perm straight hair. I wanted the perm straight hair so bad, even though I had beautiful hair. So I just, and I got all of that approval. I Like, my dad called me beautiful. My mom called me beautiful. All of that. But I still wanted the approval from the people that were my age. Mm. It's like peer pressure at a point. And then when maybe, like, when I turned, like, 16, 17, I just didn't really give a fuck about what they thought. Mm -hmm. But from, like, 12 to 15, it was just, like, you want to fit in. Mm -hmm. Like, high school is all about fitting in. I don't know now. I feel like high school now is a little bit different than when we were in high school. But back in 2000, 2000, 2001, you wanted to be like everybody else. Being different wasn't really that all that cool. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I I definitely think your foundation starts at home. Because I think if your foundation is strong at home, it makes it easier during that time. Really? Mm -hmm. I do. I do think it's easier during that time to love yourself, even though you're different. My best friend is five five foot, (laughs) maybe. You know what I mean? And I love her to death. And she's always accepted me. Mm -hmm. Like... Always, but that's because I accepted myself first. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're going to move on to the next question. Dear Bitch Co., is it still cheating if there's no sex involved? <sighs> that was short and sweet and to right. the point. <laughs> it, to me, and, my, and this is Chloe on the mic, to me, cheating is if you cannot tell your nigga or your girl... What it is that you're doing, you're fucking cheating. Agreed. Like, point blank, period. Agreed. In the story. So if you're deleting text messages or whatever, if you're kissing somebody in the mouth, whatever, it's cheating. Did you say somebody in the mouth? Kissing somebody in the mouth. I agree. I agree. I think any form of deception is cheating when you're talking about a serious relationship. Mm-hmm. I think if you are just in the stages of dating, because I also believe we live in a society where women are shamed for dating. Mm. That's a different thing. As a grown woman, if I'm a single woman and I'm exploring my options, I shouldn't be fucking all my options. Right. But I feel like there is a stage of dating where you don't want to settle down. Maybe you do want to get to know several men so you will know what type of man you want to eventually settle down with. Mm -hmm. That's a different thing. But if you've committed yourself to somebody and you've told them, we're going to do this, we're in a relationship, and this is serious to me, anything that you, like you said, have to hide is cheating. Mm -hmm. And it don't, you don't waste, cheating doesn't start at intercourse. Like, at that point, it's gotten too far. For a woman, no. But for a man, no. I just kind of. Yes, you did. (laughs) You want to take that back? Because I was about to go into a completely different. I feel like I know where you was about to go with it. And I was was with you. I was with you because for, 
I think you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Chloe, I think you were going to say um, cheating for a woman doesn't start with sex, but cheating for a man starts yeah. with sex. Yeah. Because a man will smash anything. Yeah. With no emotional attachment. Yeah. Most women, not all, I don't want to stereotype us. The savages. The savages <laughs> are an exclusion to this rule. But most women that cheat sexually have started cheating emotionally, emotionally first. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? So for us, the the sexual part is the the climax of the cheat. Yeah. Yeah. You know I what I mean? Yeah. We we done cheated long ago, <laughs> but just emotionally, yeah. men, their climax is sex. And That's their beginning and end at times. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes a woman will cheat emotionally all the way up until it's time to seal the deal and then back out. Mm-hmm. Because we are inherently, like you said, most of us, I ain't going to say all of us because there are women that cheat and there are savages, but most of us want to be faithful. Mm-hmm. So when you are emotionally cheating and you've started this new role towards cheating physically, mm-hmm. you are kind of hoping that your guy straightens up, yep. tightens up. Yep. You see what I'm saying? You really only bored and you seek an affection from somewhere else. Lord so Jesus. when it's time to give up that puss <sighs> to this new right. guy, yeah, you probably gonna run scared <laughs> because this really ain't even what you want. Just the right. guy that you with ain't acting right. right exactly. So I, I think it takes a lot for a woman to cheat. But I still stand by anything that you're doing that you don't want the other person to know yeah, is that's foul. Like, yeah. we're too grown to be lying. I do not believe in lying in grown-ass relationships. Like, I'm not with my parent. You see what I'm saying? Your parent is who you lie to. Right. (laughs) If we both grown, like, I feel like if you're not satisfied in your relationship and you want to step out, you should just end the relationship. Let's have that dialogue and say, this ain't working for me. I, You might not even tell them I want to explore my other options. You just might say, this isn't working for me. I'm done with it. And then you move on. Like, what's the point of breaking heart? That makes you look like a bad person to me. Yeah. I would much rather somebody dumb my ass before he cheat than to stay with my ass and cheat. Because I'm just, I'm kind of, y'all, like, listen, I know people say don't claim crazy, but I'm crazy. So right now (laughs) at 30, like, if a nigga cheat on me and I find out about it, it's going down basement. Like, there's no if, answer, but about it. So it's just, nigga, just walk the fuck, say you need a fucking break. (laughs) And let's just, we gonna argue about that break, but... Have your break. Go fuck bitches. Get the fuck on. But don't. Mm-mm. At what age does the getting it out of your system end? Like the fucking bitches take your break. I At don't what? Think, I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. Like, no, no, no. That was I the question. For I don't think it really for a man, and that's I don't think it has a an expiration date. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I just feel like 48 and 49, 50-year-old mm-hmm. men look childish as hell. Exactly. They do look childish. You Very know, childish. You look real childish trying to have your cake and eat it, too. Like, nigga, you should be reaching retirement, mm-hmm. like, settle down with your wife. Nope. Like, at some point, you should want nope. a foundation of love and structure and matrimony. They're going to still get that shit, but they're going to still fuck. Well, let me ask you this, because I'm reading this book, right? Oh, shit. So, is monogamy and intimacy tied together. Can you have one without the other? So can you be in an intimate relationship sharing everything with this person but not be monogamous? I think that you can. I don't think that they're tied. And when you first asked the question, Mm -hmm. I I was about to say, yes, they're absolutely tied. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that they're tied because intimacy, you could be best friends with somebody. Like, you can be... They can know you better than anyone. They can 
look in your eyes and tell when you hurting. Y'all can share. You know them people you share inside last with without nothing being spoken. Mm-hmm. You can have all of these things in a relationship and, a, and your spouse may still cheat. Okay. That doesn't mean that you're not close. That doesn't mean anything. It just means that they still on some fuck shit. And they might not get that intimacy. They might not want that intimacy with the people that they're cheating with or, the, you know, I don't with the other circumstance. They might not have that. They might not seek that. It might be they want something that don't feel so intimate. You know what I mean? I, but I do believe that you that those things are separate entities. I don't think that they're one in the same because if they were, you wouldn't have so many cheaters. It's a lot of men that cheat that love the person that they're cheating on. That sounds so fucked up. Yeah, it's it the truth. It's, it's, it's the truth. Yeah. But that sounds so fucking terrible. It does. So, because why do that to the person that you love anyway? So now let me let me let me go let me go to the left a little bit. To now the left, to the left. when you <laughs> So you said it and you said it right. I, I agree with what you said, but where does the stigma that cheating is bad come into play then? Because if we can have this amazing intimacy and we can share all these things and we can still be good, why is it that when someone cheats we know why it hurts so bad, but why is it such like, oh my God, the world is over. You cheated on me. If it's possible for them to still love me so intimately, is it because of the deceit that follows the cheat? It's because... And would we feel that way if they told us the truth up front? No, this is why, this is what happens when somebody cheats. When somebody cheats, there is a break of trust. When you're in an, it breaks the intimacy, maybe not for the cheater, but for the person being cheated on. When you're in a trusting and loving relationship, that intimacy is special, it's sacred, it's separate from everything on the outside world that can affect it. So when the the guilty party lets someone come in and affect the innocent party, that breaks trust. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It breaks trust. Mm -hmm. But let me ask, let me pose this question. Who does a man love more? The woman he's lying to or the woman he's cheating with and telling the truth to? Well, from a man's standpoint, the woman that he's lying to because he's protecting her feelings. That's and, so fucked up. How and, backwards just, is this logic? And that's only because I have fucking brothers. like, And I have a <laughs> shitload of male cousins. And I, I've heard this so many fucking times. Like, they lie to the women that they love. like, And the one that knows the truth is just something to do. It's just that bitch. It's just that side bitch. Yeah. And it's fucked up. But that that's is why insane. I mean, the women think differently, though. Like, yeah. That's what sets us apart. I would say that he doesn't love either. Me too. <laughs> That's what I would say. I would say that he loves himself. Yep. Mm-hmm. That he is a selfish lover and that he puts the needs of himself before the woman that mm-hmm. he is supposed to be committed to and the woman that he is cheating with. Mm-hmm. He is only in it for self-pleasure and for self-preservation. Mm-hmm. He's not worried about his, his how his actions will affect the person that he's committed to or the other woman. He just out here doing him. So I feel like now, once he's injured the other, you know, injured everybody in the situation, mm-hmm. then he probably will make a choice and, and, you know, realize how much he loved what he messed up. But you shouldn't have to mess it up before you realize mm-hmm. how much you really needed it. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's just kind of like you don't think about that's the childish aspect of it, because mm-hmm. even women who cheat, you don't think about how this is going to affect everybody in your world. You're only thinking about what you want. And that proves that you don't love anybody mm-hmm. outside of you. Yeah, that, that's crazy. <laughs> There's so many aspects yeah. to it. Like, is I think that people can 
psychoanalyze it to death Mm -hmm. and come up with different ways to make this make sense, to make polygamy make more sense than monogamy, to make monogamy seem so impossible. And I do think biologically it's hard for men to be monogamous for 100 years. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do feel like that's challenging, but I feel like when you're getting everything else that you need and want from a person and that person makes you better that's a challenge that you should be willing to face Mm -hmm. you should be willing to defy your nature to make this person who completes you happy okay we agree we agree all three of us all three of us. What? I know. This little podcast was quiet for no, a No, I agree. I, I mean, I, I, I get it. I agree. I do. Okay. We we're making podcast history <laughs> three different women with three different perspectives and three different relationships who agree right hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're gonna take this to break real fast we're gonna pull some more questions from the bitch code email if you would like to be included in a segment like this for future shows email us at bcodepodcast at gmail.com it's the bitch code podcast New York Times best-selling series, The Prada Plan, is back. And Ashley Antoinette brings you pain, pleasure, love, and hate in this explosive fifth installment. Yaya finally has it all. The man she fought for is hers at last, and her daughter is safe. Leah is gone. Life is supposed to be good. So why isn't she satisfied? Why does life suddenly seem so bitter? Yaya's Prada Plan had worked, but with the richest, campaign. She and Indy have grown apart, and with Parker now a permanent fixture in their lives, Indy is pressured to juggle it all. Yaya's patience is running thin. However, Indy is loving her wrong, and Yaya is no longer willing to settle for less. With her happiness on the line, will Yaya risk her family and pursue a plan B? Or will she stay true to the man she loved from day one, for better or for worse? Prada Plan 5 is available for pre-order on Amazon.com and hit stores nationwide on May 16th. Reserve your copy today. You can call me a bitch, just make sure you put the word boss in front of it. The Streets Have No King is a street filler of kidnapping, murder, trickery, and love that will have you on the edge of your seat. After seven years of prison, multimillionaire drug mogul Kane Garrett is back on the streets. But instead of diving back into the drug game, he's teaching a college class, infusing business principles with his signature ruthless edge he developed in the streets. When a student and heavy heroin dealer named Basil catches Kane's eye, Kane takes him on as a protege, and together they build the biggest, smartest drug trafficking business the state has ever seen. But when Basil meets Mariah, Kane's only daughter, lines get crossed and their dominant business union becomes a deadly rivalry. Welcome to a world where the kings meet their end and no one stays at the top for too long. The crown always lies heavy on he who commands the streets. And Cain and Basil will fight to claim their rule before power is toppled again. And the streets have no king by New York Times bestselling author Jaquavis Coleman. Available everywhere books are sold April 25th. Pre-order today at Amazon.com. We cover the latest news, topics, and real talk from our point of view. It's the Bitch Cold Podcast. All right, and we're back from commercial break. We are going to pull one more email from um, the Be Cold Podcast account to answer for the listeners. This is a juicy one. Y'all ready? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This question says, Dear Bitch Cole, who is more important? A wife, a baby mama, a daughter, and... Fuck. A mom? A mom. A mom. mom. Yeah, a mom. All right. Who, I guess, what order does that... What What's the priority? Who comes first? I mean, traditionally, it should be, or and biblically, it should be the wife. Right. If I'm... Correct. Okay. But realistically, mm-hmm. my fucking kids. Mm, I don't, di- I disagree. I, kids. Well, and then again, I'm not married either. You're not so married. I yeah. don't have that you know, battle. But I agree with that though. I, I think that if, as a married woman, if my daughter needed something and I needed something, at the end of the day, I'm grown. So even if I need you to do something for me, I can probably get it done myself at the end of the day. Well, so you I need have you to, to take care of my baby. For you, you have to, you're a woman, so this is coming from a man. Okay. For you, you would have to prioritize mm. it from your okay. husband. Okay. Oh. I see. I see okay. what you're saying. You see saying. what I'm saying? And I for me, my husband will always come first. He's the head of the household. So if he's not functioning correctly, the household is going to destruct. He has to be equipped Every single day to go out and face the world in order for our household to run smoothly. So he will always come first. And then my child and then me last. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. See, but I, in, I in the order is. of a man, <laughs> in the order of a man, um, biblically, is wife, child, mom, and baby mama. Baby mama, mama, mama didn't exist. <laughs> Fuck her. Like, yeah, baby, mama, baby mama would be last. Yeah. Because um, when you leave your parents, you cleave to your wife. That's uh-huh. biblical. Uh, and it says that your wife comes before everything. And then your wife takes care of your children. So if you're not taking care of your wife, she is not in the emotional headspace to do a good job as a mom. But let's think about the question. That ain't her child. Who's not her child? The wife, but see, this is this my is thing. wife, but, mom, daughter, baby, mama. But this is so my. But they the may have baby. children together too, though. Okay, you know what I mean. But even still, though, the, the the child from the baby mama and the wife, they're in one fucking category. I gotta stop cussing so much. They're in one, <laughs> they're in one category. So my thing is, the baby mama really and truly doesn't fucking exist if the kid is, you know. Yeah, I feel like the baby mama could just be chopped, chopped off. out of the question. Like, All right, we chopping baby mamas out of the question. <laughs> they really don't matter anyway. They do but, matter. No, they don't. All baby mama lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> but in in a in a family structure, they really don't because they're not mm-hmm. uh, they're not considered in your daily decision making. You see what I'm saying? It's your wife. You got to do what's best for you and your children and your wife. It's just bad that I feel like if you're putting it in that perspective and all that other good stuff and his family structure, like, if this is a man with his own family, should the mother even be in it? Like, his mom? No, no. And that's okay. what a okay. lot of, that's, I think that's a lot of, um, that creates a lot of conflict, too, when you have mm-hmm. mothers sometimes who are overbearing on the marriages of both men and women. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when a girl gets married and her mom is too into their marriage or when a guy gets married and his mom is too into the marriage and in the middle of their business. You see a lot of marriages that have problems when, say, if a wife go to her mama complaining about her marriage, then her mm-hmm. mama give her advice. You keep your mothers out of your marriage mm-hmm. because when you come the thing about marriage is you're going to forgive your spouse. Mm-hmm. You may vent to other people while you're upset, and then that casts a bad shadow over your marriage and the life that you're building together. So when you forgiving your spouse, 
you got a whole set of people standing behind you that's still judging your spouse and your relationship because you've shared too much. Mm-hmm. So it's important to always be a team. That's why I say each other will always have to come first. I went to a wedding um, about a week ago, and they did this ceremony where they had two different colored sands, and they poured it in one cylinder in the middle. The husband poured first because he's the foundation of the relationship. The wife poured second because she is supporting his foundation, and then they poured together. And the way that this pastor explained um, this ceremony really brought tears to my eyes because sand is so fine that you can't separate it once it's mixed. And once they blended their sand together, nobody can come into that relationship and pick up a piece of sand without taking a piece of the other mate with them. You see what I'm saying? So we're one at all times. So really me putting my husband above my child is me putting myself above my child because we're one. We're one entity. We're moving as a unit, which means... I have to take care of myself before I can take care of my children. If I'm not mentally, emotionally, physically able to get myself together, I can't be beneficial to my kids. Same with my husband because we are one entity. We have to stop thinking of ourselves, especially married women, Mm -hmm. have to stop thinking of themselves as individual from our husbands. We're not. All of that health and mental and emotional, all of that is one. So you have to make sure together you are on the same page that way, the way that you raise your children is consistent, it's healthy, it's full of love. That's not being a bad mom or a bad husband by putting your spouse first. You're supposed to put your spouse first because in biblical terms, your spouse is a part of you. Mm. But why do we get so biblical only when it counts, though? I agree yeah. with that. You know what I, mean? I agree with that. Because for me, I, I'm not married, you know, I'm in a relationship, but I'm not married. But for me, I feel like I have to be together anyhow for everybody to function properly. You do. So I guess I'm kind of fake though because I'm like, (laughs) should I come first? But I'm I'm about to ask you this. When you're in a fight with your boyfriend because you're not married, Mm -hmm. when you're in a fight, let me say mate because boyfriend sounds so childish. childish. (laughs) (laughs) When you're in a fight with your mate, doesn't it fuck up every other aspect of everything that you're handling in your day? Yeah, my whole Don't you have that up. pit in your stomach? Like, <laughs> yeah. you just ain't right. You can't move right yeah. when you're fighting with the person that you love. That's because he's not taking care of you in that moment. If you're in a relationship where you're constantly taking care of each other and putting each other first, everything else runs smoothly. Am I lying or not, ladies? That is true. Yes, a little bit. I'm lying. When you no. fighting with your husband, don't it fuck up your whole world? Not necessarily. A it lie. depends. Oh, real, real no, 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 no. <laughs> Not necessarily. It does at moments. It does at moments. But I am also the type of person where I it, it will mess up certain aspects, and I will be thinking about it all day. But I just cannot give someone complete control over my emotional state of being like that. See, I just it's just something I don't believe in because men fumble. You said do. it earlier. They do. Men fumble. So even with my husband and I love my husband to death would walk on water for him if I could. But I cannot give him if my brain is a, a piece of pie that's 100%, I can only give him a certain amount of percentage of control over my emotional state of being because one, I'm sensitive. Two, I'm too nice. Three, I'm all over the place as a person in general. And four, I'm an optimist. So I always say, okay, we might be going through this, but I I see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I'm too much of an emotional creature to give you 100% control 
over my emotional state of being. So if we beefing, yes, I'm salty. But if we beefing, I still got to put on a happy face for my kids. And it may be faking it until I make it, but I cannot. I'm too... If I give someone 100% control over my emotions, I would be fucked up. This is where that comes from, and I'm going to tell you. She was ready for this shit. I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) When you first met your husband, or any guy, when women first meet men, mm-hmm. we are 100% willing to give them 100% of us because they have not fucked up any percent of us yet. I was not, I, I'm never willing to give. I did it once. You got hurt. And that's I what taught you. You're not to listening. never do it again. You're not listening. But not with him, though. It don't matter. That person that taught you not to give away 100% of yourself, mm-hmm. it came from hurt. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because at one point, you were willing to give away 100% of your trust. It's it's all about trust because you're trusting this person not to break your heart. Love is a, a tricky motherfucker. Yeah, it is. Because you're giving somebody a knife and telling them, don't stab me with it. And moods change day to day. Feelings change. Mm-hmm. Emotions go up and down, especially in a marriage. It's hard to maintain I love you all the time. Right. You know, or I like you all the time for 101 years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're giving this to this person knowing that they can destroy you with it at any moment. Mm -hmm. And when you get hurt, whatever the initial time was that you got hurt, you learned, I can't give 100% to this person because that will destroy me if it happens again. Mm -hmm. I have to reserve a piece of myself so that I can function when you're preparing for the when they mess up. And that's fucked up. It's fucked up, but that's just what heartbreak does to you. When Mm -hmm. you get your heart broken, you learn to reserve a piece of yourself so you can put on that happy face. So you can remember, okay, this this too shall pass. I see. I don't think, but see, you're you have a guard up. No, I don't have. I don't think I have a guard up. You I just have. have a guard up. I don't think I have a guard up because I open myself up to him. Just not a hundred percent. I don't. I open myself up to him a hundred percent. I just don't let him control a hundred percent. So you guard. can have it. No, it's not a guard. It's me saying, listen. If you break my heart, I still have to function. That's a guard. No, it's not a guard. It to is. me, it's being strong. If you it break is, my, it's being smart. It's being that's sm- what it is. But it's see, being smart. But see, that doesn't mean I'm not giving you a hundred percent. That just means I'm saying that if my husband called me right after this podcast and said, "V, I'm never coming home." He pulled a, a Harlem Nights on me. Mm-hmm. I'm never coming home. I'm a Met Sunshine. I'm never coming home. I got two kids. I still have to survive. I cannot crumble and fall to pieces and not being able to function. You have a guard. So, no, no, no. So that 1% or 2% or whatever percent that I'm keeping, <clears throat> that it will allow me to say, okay, my heart is broken. He's never coming back. But I got kids. That's still a guard. I got food that I need to put on the table. <laughs> That's still a guard. I got shit I got to do. I don't. I just don't consider it a guard. It is. I mean, a guard, it's not, a guard isn't means, a bad thing. A guard up to me means I'm not letting you in here. You're not. You just said that you. It's reserve. not that I'm letting him in. It's just that I'm not. I, he can come in. Ninety-seven percent. He just can't control. Ninety-seven <laughs> percent. He can come in. He just can't control. No, this is the thing. You have a guard, and a guard is not a bad thing. A guard mm-hmm. is something that women learn after they've been hurt. Right. Because you do. When you young, you go into a relationship and you love freely, you love truly, and you sprinkle all this dust all over the place, and then somebody come through and fuck you up, and you be like, what the fuck? Why did I give him all of that? Right. You see what I'm saying? You do. You need that piece of yourself to yourself to be able to function if something happens. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, the, the guard is not wrong. When I say you have a guard, that's not judging. I think all women have a guard. Mm-hmm. All women who have been through something hard have developed a guard. Mm-hmm. It's like the callus on the bottom of your foot. If something stick through it, a, a harsher callus is going to go through. So that next time, that same nail won't pierce you as deeply. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you do have, you definitely have a guard because you're only letting your husband get 97% of you or whatever your percentage is, whatever mm-hmm. part you're reserving for yourself, your husband don't have access to that part. So... You have a guard. It's not nothing bad. That's just the reality of love and relationships. When you learn um, over time, you do a little bit better. Next, So that way, next time, you won't be devastated. Hmm. So he he being guarded from something another nigga did 10, 20 years ago. Like, you know I, see out, nigga. <laughs> I, I We see it in different terms. Because I don't but see it's the it same as difference, bro. just yeah, say I have a guard. Same, I, no, because I don't. You do. I don't see it as a guard. <laughs> you do. Leos versus Capricorn in this. Yes. Two against one. Ain't that what we've been doing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Two against one. I'm gonna take my one. I'm gonna stand in my one because I know there are some little V's out there that's like, yeah. I feel, same way. I, know, I, I, I feel the same way as this is the thing. I feel the same way as you, but I think that you take guard in a negative connotation. Not in a negative connotation. I just don't label it as that. So what you labeled it as? My piece in the pie is a guard. No, I just labeled it as my my tackling fuel. Your what? My tackling fuel. Oh, <laughs> it's just my tackling fuel. You know what I'm saying? The fuel I need to not completely fall apart. Chloe, what you call that? A guard, nigga. <laughs> Hashtag tackling fuel. All right. <laughs> I think that that's it for episode... Eight. Eight. We have eight episodes under our belt. I'm yeah. so proud of us. Um, we hope that you enjoyed this more casual conversation. Um, like we said, reach out to us. Becoldpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find me at Ashley Antoinette on Instagram, at Novelista on Twitter. Bitch Cole has its official page, Bitch code pod CST um, on both Instagram and Twitter. So follow us. Anything you guys want to shout out? Follow me, Chloe Kane, on Instagram at bitch code underscore KC. And you can follow me on Instagram at bitch code underscore V. That's V E E. All right. Whether you're a broke bitch, rich bitch, classy bitch, ugly bitch, pretty bitch, petty bitch, smart bitch, uh, what else? Side Bum bitch. bitch. Side, Side bitch. bitch. Main, Main bitch. bitch. <laughs> a guarded bitch. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a tackling fuel bitch. <laughs> or even some of you bitch ass niggas listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Come back and listen to us from week to week. We're growing this thing and we hope you enjoy it. And I think that's it. Peace out. All right. And we're out. This is the Bitch Cold Podcast with Ashley Antoinette. You are now rocking with the best. Bitch!